1: Hello and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time. My name is Nicole Mendoza with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International. And I'll be filling in for Pastor Chris for this episode of our radio broadcast. It's an exciting time for those walking in step with the Lord, because even just within this congregation, we've turned a corner. And we know that in this season, we are walking in a greater anointing with the Lord. So it's time for us to take hold of the Lord's promises and move forward in action as we heed the call and instructions of the Lord. As a body, we've committed once again to meet on a regular basis, to pray over the country, over our government, over our education, and for the health of all those around the world. We've prophesied, laid hands on each other, loosed blessings, pulled down strongholds, and made declarations, and we are seeing the fruits of that. A few weeks ago, we held our last fundraising sale of the year, and we were blessed to hear that the presence of God was felt in that place. We set everything up with purpose, with all the lessons we had learned from our summer business training sessions in mind— and we were ready to move as the Lord directed. Pastor Chris called us to lay hands on several people who needed prayer, and we'd declare healing, direction, and joy over their lives as the Spirit gave us utterance. There was no hesitation in any one of us, and praying on the spot came as natural as breathing. People even said we prayed differently. So I want to encourage you Keep allowing the Lord to work through you. God is at work in us and in pockets of His churches throughout the world, and He is readying us for a greater work. As the Word says, Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? In John 4, after Jesus was found talking with the Samaritan woman at the well, and His disciples began encouraging Him to eat, Jesus said to them in verse 34, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. As we look at this passage, we know that the harvest is the salvation of those ready to be received into the kingdom of God. But what does Jesus mean when he confronts them about the saying they have? That it's still four months until harvest. After the Feast of Tabernacles, the autumn olive harvest was the only major crop being harvested in Israel until the end of November. Then from December all the way to March, there was a waiting period until the harvest would begin again. So Israelites often use this saying with the idea that certain things take time and there should be no hurry for a task that requires waiting. But Jesus tells them, change your mindset. Open your eyes and look at the fields. The seeds that someone else has sown has fully ripened. Today, we are in a time of many upheavals, but also of great harvest and celebration. From coast to coast, New York to California, revival is breaking out as the prophets and apostles are taking center stage. So as Pastor Chris has shared with us, don't listen to the bad news networks. Don't listen to the false prophets because they don't see what God has shown us. What they share as a fact can be overcome by the truth of God's word for this season. So it's not the final say for us. We have authority over the situation and it's time for God's people to put that in action. God is sending His people to different sectors of society and various industries to take dominion and to implement His ways of doing things. So as we're being sent out, I want to remind you of the lessons we learned during our business training sessions earlier this year. To start, we must focus on the importance of God's vision and His purpose behind our call. Whenever God gives us a vision, remember that it has global implications. In the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah's call starts with a vision that God had given him. In verse 9, the Lord reaches out his hand and touches Jeremiah's mouth and said to him, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. God asks him, What do you see, Jeremiah? And he replies, I see the branch of an almond tree. The Lord says, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Through our training, God has tested us in the same way. He asked us to look at untapped potential and tell him, What do we see? Like a muscle, the more we prayed and sought God's voice and direction, the more vivid our roadmap became. And it also became easier for us to pray for those around us in the same way. Again, the Lord asks Jeremiah, What do you see? Jeremiah answers, I see a pot that is boiling. It is tilting towards us from the north. The Lord said to Jeremiah, From the north, Disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Judgment is never something that we want to hold over others. But when God gives us a prophetic word of judgment, we are given the opportunity to turn it around through prayer. This is our responsibility as leaders within ministry or also within business if it is our call from God. We must consider the heart of the Lord carefully as His representatives when we receive judgments like this. His desire, of course, is that no one would fall, but that everyone would receive the opportunity for repentance. In verse 17, the Lord commands Jeremiah, Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, Whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. So we must stand strong in the call God has given us. Don't forget that those who are with us are more than those who are with them. In 2 Kings 6, when the king of Aram thought that the prophet Elisha was spying on him, he sent horses and chariots and strong force to capture him by night and surrounded the city. Elisha's servant was scared, but Elisha prayed that the Lord would open his eyes so that he would see, and it was then that the servant looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the enemy came down towards him, he prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. And with that, Elisha led them out of the city, and there were no casualties. Take the wisdom and the vision God has given you, and allowed you to exercise through ministry, and use it within business. There is no limit to God's reach, so we can't forget or let go of God's vision for us in this move or within the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence for the body of Christ. As we complete God's instructions step by step, there may be temptations to give way to the opinions of others or to the desires of our own self, but we must protect the vision God gave us. Pastor Chris has shared with us how God placed in her heart many years ago to begin making a movie that would honor God. She had software in place and plans ready to go. However, people came along and they had their own opinion about how things should be done, and a few wanted to take over so that they could be partakers of the vision. Because of that, God told her that the endeavor needed to be postponed. She warned us of this as one of the things that we must keep in mind with our calling. Whoever gives you the vision or the directive, that is the person we must answer to. That is part of our instructions, because the vision God gives us is our responsibility first before it is anyone else's. So we must keep His directives close to our hearts as we enter the promise He has for us. In the Old Testament, before the Israelites entered the Promised Land, Moses challenged them to carefully follow the instructions God had outlined for him to give to them. Moses tells the Israelites, Follow the laws and decrees I am about to teach you, so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. As we act on the instructions of the Lord, don't add your own take or let something fall to the wayside because of someone else's opinions. We must take the vision wherever God is leading into the industries to which we are called. This is another one of the things we learned during our training with Pastor Chris as she worked with us to start implementing Doing Business God's Way. As you may recall, God inspired Pastor Chris to use mission fundraiser sales as a business training ground for the congregation. During one of those training sessions, Pastor Chris asked us this, If we were to acquire the flea market where we were selling, what would we change in order to glorify the Lord? Many of us said that we would completely renovate the property and change the way the flea market operated to make it bigger and better. We'd modernize the look and feel, add stages for musical entertainment, create quality food courts, improve seating areas, or fix problems we saw like a lack of air conditioning. We'd develop new ideas for marketing, freshen up the image of the market, and offer up incentives to keep buyers and vendors returning week after week. Pastor Chris joked that many of us created a no fleas market, or essentially just another mall. And actually, that was the problem. We had missed the point. All these things were great ideas, and of course, those changes could showcase the grand nature of our God and the greatness of our desire to glorify Him. But we hadn't yet considered the costs or the impact those changes would have on those relying on flea market sales for their living. Renovations cost time and require that certain protocols be met with the city and state ordinances, not to mention that the money spent to execute those changes would have to be recouped somehow, with either raised rent or parking prices, or cuts somewhere else in the budget. Of course, all these oversights would add up when putting our plans into action. And we realized that not all the changes we suggested were necessary. Many of them were cosmetic or additions that offered little value or higher liabilities. We were trying to change the idea of the flea market in a way that would fit in with our own vision of how to improve things, rather than seeking God for his purpose behind giving us that property and his wisdom on how to improve things with the resources we had at hand. Moreover, we had forgotten to consider why the people who buy or sell at flea markets choose to be there in the first place. For many of them, a flea market offers them the lowest operating expense, and that's what they're expecting out of it. So we had to change our mindset. Complete transformation of an industry may not be like anything we expect. In 1 Samuel 16 7, God told Samuel, For the Lord does not see as man sees, for God looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We see the outward glory of fame and riches, but God sees the transformative power of influence and resources. In much the same way, when it comes to our prophecies and the domain God places under our charge, We should not focus on the way things look or the way we want them to look. We can decorate the outside, have a beautiful-looking business with the highest quality marketing materials, the latest and greatest technology, and workers who not only look the part but have the accolades to match. But if it doesn't serve the Lord's purposes, or if there's no substance behind it and the vision and the purpose can't bring the business profit— The way it appears doesn't matter. This can apply to other areas of our lives too, and it can apply to ministry. What we want is not always necessarily what we need or what is the most impactful. We need to check the motivations of our heart. What is done for the Lord in secret often can have the greatest impact, and by the same token, the opposite can be true too. What is done for acknowledgment can often be your only reward. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, What is my gain if I speak in tongues of men or of angels? If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains, or if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast. But I do not have love I gain nothing. It's always a heart issue. What sets us apart as Christians is our love for God and for others. Our litmus test is to ask ourselves whether what we're doing really glorifies God, if it really places Him front and center, and if it also benefits His people before it benefits us. Jesus chastises the teachers of the law and the Pharisees in Matthew 23 for the outward appearances they used to exalt themselves among God's people. Starting with verse 13, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert and when you have succeeded you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the most important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. We pray that anyone who operates like this will soon fall away, and those that seek to put God above all else, the nameless and the faceless who need no glory for themselves, will step up to do His work. In this season, Time is of the essence, and we do not want to delay the Lord any longer. God has said of his people in Revelation 2, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. He has said, Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. So we're declaring that we remember our first love, which is Jesus Christ. We are in a new season of anointing, and we are not going to let God down or sit idly by, because we have determined in our hearts that we love God more than anything and we will press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Where He leads is where we need to follow, because that's where the richness of His anointing and inspiration resides. That brings us to our second focus for doing business God's way, as we begin to take dominion over the areas where God is sending us. We need to focus on where God needs us to be, and to build and plant exactly where God designates. In real estate, it's necessary for you to have a master plan in place before the work starts. This plan needs to be approved by the bank, and you also need to prove that it's a good development that can be sustainable over time. In Acts 1, starting with verse 4, Jesus commands his disciples Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That specific instruction was the required permit that would allow the disciples to move forward in power. They still wondered if restoration would look the way they had envisioned. In the next verse, it says that they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That is God's master plan for us. We are a tabernacle for the Lord, but He has also created us in His image to be His builders. We're not simply beneficiaries of His will, but He calls us to operate as joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In Acts 2 it says that, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Once the disciples received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, they were empowered to begin building out God's master plan. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak to people from different nations, and wherever they went, they carried the authority and the power in the name of Jesus Christ along with them. Just like the disciples, we have been empowered to go to different nations and different industries for the purposes of God. Through the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to develop the ability to speak the language of those in different sectors of society. And when we can understand who they are through Jesus Christ, our prayers for them will be that much more impactful. For us here in San Antonio, Pastor Chris has prophesied that a time is coming when our city will become an oasis, where people from all over the world will seek refreshment from continuous ministry held in the name of the Lord. We are preparing ourselves for the day when revival here in our nation will eclipse that of Azusa Street. Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can take the place the Lord sends us to its highest purpose and best use. Through our training and empowerment, We can make it sustainable over time. What we learned through our time raising funds at the flea market was that our mission was to have something that no one else has, to have something that would attract people from other cities and states that they would have to check out for themselves. If we can be faithful with the little we have, we can be faithful with much. And body of Christ, God is preparing us for very much. We have a great work up ahead for us, and I am certain that this season will be the catalyst and the launching point for many of us in the body of Christ. The Lord is calling us to be instant in season and out of season, and to produce fruits even when facts tell us that there is still four months until harvest. God is the way, the truth, and the life, and He has said lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. This is our season of greater anointing, manifestation, restoration, suddenlies, harvest, and celebration, body of Christ. So rejoice, because what God has set in motion cannot be stopped. And we have determined in our hearts that we will see it through to the end, and we will be part of the multitude described in Matthew eleven twelve, 12 where it says, From the days of John the Baptist, Until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and the violent take it by force. We are bringing heaven down to earth, and we are taking hold of the fullness of whom God has called us to be. So I pray that you continue to walk in the might and wisdom of the Lord. We are seeing a new breed of Christians rising, who are taking their stand, pressing forward, and keeping their eyes firmly on Jesus Christ. We look forward to see what the Lord will do through each of us. And we pray that through our work here on earth, we'll be able to lay many crowns before the throne of heaven. Amen. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time.
0: Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630, or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org, that is S-O-G-M-I dot org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this broadcast.